So the joys of podcasting is when your mastermind sisters also get to come on your podcast. And literally I remember sitting one of the first meetings that Catherine hopped onto. She just like mentioned one sentence that was like mind blown. I have a new best friend and I need to find out everything about her. So I am so excited for her to now be in all of your ears as we go through this conversation. Um, I'll let her formally introduce herself in a minute, but she went from COO to CEO and is now helping others to develop their team. So I know that you are in for a treat with this conversation. If you don't have a pen and paper ready, you either need to get one, or if you're driving, you need to plan to circle back and listen to this again with a pen and paper next to you. Get ready for some moments of truth from Catherine today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So Welcome to Amplify Ambition. I'm Kristen Edwards, strategy coach and your guide to implementing custom strategies based on your personality type. This is the podcast where you get to elevate your zones of genius and create your best life by growing a business that works for you instead of you working for it. Let's dive in because your next level of success is within reach once you decide to dream loudly. Before we dive into more of what you do in your business, I started out as a life passion coach. And so I always love to ask people, what is that thing that you are really passionate about, absolutely love, but it's not necessarily a part of the brand that we see? Yeah. So I absolutely love to dance. I have danced really my whole life from the time I was little. And that was for me as an Enneagram five, I think over time, I've realized that that for me was a way to express myself without having to like actually talk it out, talk out my feelings. And so, yeah, I was able to have that creative outlet and dance, um, through like formal training, dance through college, um, on the dance company, I served um, as a choreographer for the high school academy for the college that I went to. There's an associated academy and I still love to dance today. I dance with my daughter or just dance for fun. And so, yeah, that's one of my areas of passion. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. So although we're not having a dance episode, I do, I, I do love dance as well, but I'm probably not nearly as skilled as you are. You know, I'd love to talk about your journey. So what do you do and what got you to where you are today? So today I'm all about working with entrepreneurs to help them scale both their business and their freedom. And what got me to this was really a situation where I thought that I needed to choose between the two. I thought that I could only, you know, either grow in my income back in my corporate world or um, be able to have that flexibility and freedom. And so going back to my corporate days, I worked for full service marketing agencies and the agency world, it's burning the midnight oil. It's those late nights. And as I started a family that just wasn't what I wanted, but I also personally knew that I didn't want to be a stay at home mom either. I really wanted both. And that's where this was all born out of is realizing that you can have both. And I know what it takes on the back end to make that happen. That's what I love to talk about, what I love to share. And it's the operational side of the business and making sure that the business can 
run without pulling on or weighing down that CEO. I've literally creeped on all of your things over time. Um, and I actually even joined one of your workshops. And so we're going to dive into your method in a little bit, because I think how you break it down, like there's just no excuses left on the table because you've shown that you really can have both despite all the things that we see of saying otherwise. And honestly, probably even the things that we were taught or witnessed for our parents, it was either work hard all the time or never work. And you really have found that balance as, as well. So I want to dive into that a little bit more. Um, but do you think that there was like, you know, a catalyst that made you say like, okay, I need to figure out how to create both? Um, was it a gradual shift over time? Like what really made you say, um, I'm going to figure this out? That's a great question. Um, I remember, I mean, if I really look back at my story, for me, it was probably a bit more gradual and it was enough moments that collected where I was like, okay, enough is enough that I finally took that step. But there are a few moments that I can think of one being like going into the office with my newborn daughter during maternity leave because they needed something done. And so like, I'm still on maternity leave and I'm trucking her into the office with me to take care of something. Not my proudest moment by far. But knowing that like, okay, if this is what's expected, if they need something from me and I can't have this freedom, like then I've got to do something to create that for myself. Like going back further, like to childhood, like the desire for independence, even like just wanting that freedom and um, ability came from just my family dynamic and um, my like literally getting into personal stuff here, but literally I had a, a, a mom who was a single mom. I experienced going through what it was like to have my parents divorce and what that was all like. And I just felt like I really wanted to be able to have that safety and security for myself and that. So I think like I can go all the way back there to see why I wanted the independence. Um, and then why I started to really go down the path of achieving and trying to make sure that you know, I was getting the good grades and I was getting promoted and it just carried through the career. So I know you asked for one moment, but I really think it was a combination of all of these little moments over time that drove me to really want both of those things. And then to realize that no matter how hard I tried to have both in that corporate setting, it, I wasn't getting it. It wasn't happening. People, the more they promoted me, the more responsibility they gave me and the more they expected of me, they really wanted me to put in overtime. They rewarded me for overtime. They rewarded me for working, you know, on the weekends or for whatever. And I was like, that's not what I want to be rewarded for. Um, and if that's what's required, then no, thanks. I'll find another way. And I did. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's one of the things a lot of people assume that regardless of your Enneagram type, only the threes desire success and only the threes will work hard to get that recognition, the promotions, the degrees, that kind of a thing. And you're a type five, but you still worked hard for the reward um, as well. So I think just to point out like 
every type can want success um, and want to be, you know, want those accomplishments in their lives, but really coming down to knowing what are your expertise, what's your expertise, what are your strengths, and like you said, what do you want that reward to be for, because it's not for burning the midnight oil, but it's really for having that balance in your life, and so your strengths are really operations and helping people to organize whatever might be the chaos while they're building their teams um, as well. So uh, one, just to point out, like you don't have to be a type three to desire success um, and achievement in your life, but also two, you know, you've taken your strengths and you've created an entire business for yourself. And you've also helped many other businesses have the success that they were looking for. So if you can talk about, you know, your time as a COO, you know, how you've helped other businesses, some of the achievements that you've helped others to create, and then also kind of why you've decided to move from being a COO for a bunch of others to a CEO yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So from the COO side of things, I would step into a business and the visionary had all of these strengths that were incredible. And they always do. Every visionary does. Every CEO has all of these incredible, amazing strengths, but I don't know why, but there's just a large number that are missing that back end of the operation side. Like, I don't feel like maybe there's that many type five serious CEOs naturally. I don't know, maybe I could be wrong, um, but I don't feel like that's the case. So most of the time I was running into CEOs who were creating something incredible, but the inside, the back end of their business was a disaster and they knew it. And as long as the business was small, they could handle it. They could maintain that because they could keep their arms around it. They knew it's kind of that, like, if you've got stuff all over the floor in piles, like it's fine. If you know where your keys are under that pile of laundry, like kind of thing, like they knew where everything was. So even though it was like chaotic, it was totally fine. But as they started to grow and bring on other team members or things like that, they would start experiencing turnover or just team members super who were super frustrated. Things weren't organized. No one knew what was going on or either they weren't clear on what was happening or there was an accountability on the other end to really make sure that things were happening. And so they started to need that second command. So I would come on board, really celebrate and honor what they're amazing at, but be the, the, Ying to their yang, that partner, if you will, to shore up all of their weaknesses and organize things. And I turned their focus from building the business around them to building a business that wasn't dependent or reliant on them, which is a hard thing for a lot of CEOs because the CEOs that I know, like they take so much pride in their business, their businesses are their babies. And They love the business being built around them, but there really does come this tipping point where if you want the business to keep growing, you almost have to have to, you almost have to have a breakup with your business to a degree and like really start to separate yourself from the business. So the business can start to function without you. And that's the point where I would come in and help just organize the entire back end. At first, I will tell you, every CEO was always overwhelmed. They were like, this is 
insane, super detail oriented, um, types of things that have to happen. But then after it was all in place, even if they didn't understand why at the beginning, they were like, oh my goodness, this is the best thing ever. And I can't believe I functioned without this. And for me, it was always just a natural thing. I didn't even feel like I was doing anything crazy. I was like, oh, like, this is just like the first thing I would do just to make sure that I'm able to find things. Like, why is this so like groundbreaking? Um, but I just realized like that was really a strength of mine. And as much as I loved being on the back end of businesses and helping in that COO role, I was doing that as a contractor in my own business. So technically I had my own business the entire time that I was serving in that role, but I knew that I were, I really wanted to shift and start focusing on my business. So then I had to make that transition from COO to CEO. And that's right where I am now. Yeah. I mean, I think that's so important. I will say it forever and ever. I think every team needs a five, um, regardless of, and you're right. I think traditionally we don't see a lot of fives as the actual top of a business um, because a lot of them are so operationally minded. They feel very comfortable at the two. And so congrats to you for taking the leap of saying, I'm done being number two. I'm going to go be number one in my own business. And you're still serving other people. You're still helping them get their operations in order, but actually um, taking that leap that, you know, there's a comfort zone of being the two of a number two in comparison to pushing yourself to being, you know, the true leader at the top um, as well. And also the responsibility that comes with that, even if you're the CEO, COO, and you're managing others, there's a comfort level of never having to take the fall if something does go wrong. Um, and you've pushed yourself, right? You've, you've taken that leap to do the uncomfortable thing and really be um, the executive and the true leader at the top. And that's not always easy, but I, I think it's always worth it um, in the end um, yes. as as well. But for you to find that balance, like you said, of freedom, and I think a lot of people you know, we call our business our baby, but we forget that as parents, you're, you're, when your baby is a baby and you're cuddling them and you're holding them, it's very different, but it gets a little weird to cuddle your four-year-old because they're squirmy and they want to, the freedom. They want to explore. And we all know that it's a little weird to be cuddling your 18 or 19-year-old in that same way that you hold an infant as well. And so as your business grows and matures, we do need to learn to let go. And again, I'm not saying it's like an easy overnight thing, but we get 18 years as parents to learn how to grow, let them develop and, and be able to fly. And so recognizing that even if your business was your baby, that baby is probably in its toddler stages or it's a, it's a kindergartner now. We have yeah. to be able to let go um, and allow that, that freedom, right? That, that growth and maturity comes when we do step back and allow a teacher, um, whatever, aunts and uncles even, to, to also nurture our business just as much um, as we allow others to have influence on our children. Like you cannot lose your children completely on your own. And so recognizing that your business is also going to need a team and support in so many other avenues as, as well. So that was actually a really good example of like, yeah, cool. Your business could be your baby, just not forever right. um, as it's well. Grow up. <laughs> it's got to grow up. Um, and if you want your business to ever cross the six figure mark, to cross the seven figure mark, if you want to have any type of true and lasting impact on not just one or two lives, but 
hundreds, thousands, or millions of lives, you're going to have to have that expansion. And yes, it's awkward and uncomfortable and can be very scary, but recognizing that like you can only make a true lasting impact when you do that. But hey, guess what? When your kid's 18, you get to sleep again most of the time um, as well. You're not playing um, chauffeur. You're not doing midnight feedings the way you did when they were an infant. You're not driving them to soccer and football practice all the time when they're in middle school. Like there's a lot of freedom that comes when you start to release that business into the world um, as well. So phenomenal example that you that you gave. And that, so for someone who's looking to release that constraint that they've had of my businesses might be and really allow it, what are some things that they can do to start to create that balance of having both freedom while growing and scaling their business too? I think it all really starts with thinking about their ultimate vision for both life and business. Like so many entrepreneurs in that stage are still so focused on what they want the business to look like, but kind of lose touch with the why the reason why they created the business to start with. So first just go back and, and remember what do you want your life to look like? What's your vision for what your ideal day is both in your business, but outside of the business. And, and if that life that you want includes a bit more freedom, then that's just that reminder is enough to kind of push you to take that next step from there, which then is starting to do the work. And it is the work of learning to let go and lead, learning to let go and lead. You've got to let go of not just tasks. We're not just talking delegation, even though that's a big piece here, but letting go of perfection, letting go of control, like letting go of so many things that you've had your arms around and learning to just step into that leadership role and allowing others to honestly, allowing others to fail because they need that opportunity to fail. And you took the time as a CEO to test and try, and you failed along the way and kept going. Your team needs that same opportunity. And so, yes, you want to set them up for success, but part of winning is also losing along the way and, and not just jumping back in and taking over. So that's really where that hard work begins. Yeah. And if you start growing your team in the very early stages, you know, you don't wait till you're close to a million dollars before you hire right. your first team member. Um, those failures will be out of the way a lot sooner than if you're holding it, you're at multiple six figures, and then you bring in the first person. Um, there's what you think is no room for failure in comparison to if you start out um, when your business is still in those infancy stages. Let's bring in the daycare provider and the nanny to kind of help us along the way with that business. Um, so we're getting those bumps and bruises out of the way a lot sooner, because like you said, that failing is inevitable, but it's a part of that success, right? We learn to fail forward. So help your team to do that same thing. And I think it's something the industry forgets along the way, right? Is that as a leader, the, the purpose of leaders is to develop others into leaders um, and not just boss them around with a bunch of tasks um, as well. And so making sure that we're living by the things that we believe in. If you call yourself a coach, then you're coaching the people on your team just as much as you are coaching your clients um, and not thinking that you get to skip any steps um, with that. So important. <laughs> you also talked about, you know, the simplicity of writing things down and, um, 
I can't tell you how many times I wait until someone's joining my team before I'm like, oh, I should probably document that process in a little bit. Like, right, even if they're going to go in and make the formal SOP for something, I'm like, I should probably tell them what I've been doing. Great. This is why I think everyone needs a five on their team because they'll tell us to document it ahead of time or as we create it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the ways that you go about helping people kind of create an assessment of where are you now and where would you like to go um, and having that vision in place. So how do you get people to think about their big vision and also kind of map out what's going to get them to that place in their journey? So I'll just dive into the framework that I use and teach a little bit because that'll help explain. So there's three core pieces, alignment, autonomy, and accountability. And in the alignment phase, it's really all about uncovering what that vision is and making sure that your mindset and your strategy are aligned to that for you as a CEO. But then also, of course, your your team, your data, like all, all of the other stuff organizationally also needs to be aligned to that vision. So you have to have the vision in place first to make sure everything else is aligned. And then you move into autonomy and that's where you start to document those systems. You organize the business, make sure that there's, you know, a strategic and intentional structure to the business and starting to think about the business more like a company with different departments. Um, that's where you start to bring on team members and learn how to delegate and you're creating autonomy for yourself, but you're also creating autonomy for your team members because they need it. So there's that balance there of, yes, you're going to get more freedom and autonomy in your life. But, um, that phase is also so much about making sure that the business can run without you, not just for your benefit, but for theirs. And then you move into the accountability phase where you're really making sure you're closing the loop, making sure things got done. And that's where true leadership comes in as well as data and just day-to-day -day execution of getting the work done and following through. So once you have that alignment in place, most of the work that I do, although I, of course, touch on all of those, but most of the work is really around that operation side, which has so much to do with um, both autonomy and accountability. How are we going to run the day-to-day -day of the business in a way that team members can show up, they know exactly what they need to do, how to do it without having to hop on Zoom with the CEO every five minutes um, to ask another question and make sure that not only do they know what to do, but then they're held accountable to the result or the outcome that you want them to deliver in your business, because they're not just there to take care of tasks. They're there to create results. And we want to make sure that we're delegating true results and outcomes so that they feel satisfied. Anyway, there's so much there to dive into, but that's the, that's the high level. Yeah, I think that autonomy piece is the part that uh, we're a little quick to skip. We think about how we get to step out of our business and someone else is going to do it. Um, but being able to not just delegate a task, but hire the right people that you trust them in, in the process, that you trust that they're going to do it, um, that they are going to do it well, that, hey, they might even improve the process if you hire the right people um, mm -hmm. as well. And that's so, I think that's important. And another thing that you said was to start treating your business like a company. And I think, quite frankly, that's something the online space has messed up is that like, they it's how your business is you as a freelancer. And that's, yes, how we all got started. Um, but recognizing that if you want to scale past six and reach seven and even go beyond that, um, seven figures in your business, that 
it comes with recognizing that you are going to need a second in command. You are going to need someone who runs sales, who runs marketing, who truly fills out your team the way any other organization is built. Um, it goes from being your little pet project to a true company, like you said. Um, and the sooner we accept that, the sooner we start planning for that, is the sooner we're going to have the right people in place who help us reach those goals a lot faster than if we were doing it by ourselves and still trying to wear all 10 hats um, in our business. So, so many good nuggets that you provided right there. Like I said, everyone needs a pen and paper for this because you just have these little moments of, of wisdom. I love it um, so much, but I think um, recognizing how to get started is the first piece um, and that alignment part. Another thing that I think we hear the buzzword of alignment and we're like, oh yeah, it feels good. Like, no, there's so much more of how does this fit into your you know, real life goals um, and then trusting the people and trusting yourself in the plan that you put in place. Um, and thank you for bringing up data because numbers don't lie right. <laughs> as well. So um, as much as, you know, it gets a little awkward to, to look at your numbers or people want to come up with some excuse to glaze over glaze over the data. Like that's where the proof is um, as well. So all good points that you brought up. I just mixed up the order on them, but thank you for sharing, um, sharing all of those. Are there any other you know, rules for success that you believe others should have, whether in their business or in planning their, their big picture for life? So many, um, <laughs> so many things I could share. Um, so I think like at the top level for me, one of the most important things is just leading by example. And when I think about, you know, as a CEO, what that really looks like, when I think about bringing on a team, when I think about not just leading a team, but leading yourself, leading the industry, like it goes so like leading by example is everything. To, at least it is to me. I've worked with a lot of leaders who said to do one thing and then did the opposite themselves. And I've, because I've been in that COO role, I've also been on the back end of some businesses that front facing, there's one ideal that's projected, but on the back end, I saw what was actually happening. And it's just so important to me that we actually do lead by example and we're authentic and we're doing what we say, you know, what we're telling our clients to do and that we're not asking our team to do things that we wouldn't do all of that. So just leading by example is one of the biggest ones for me. Yeah. I think that's extremely important. I completely agree with that. And I think that's the biggest thing, right? When, if you're telling it to your clients, if that's a service that you're providing, then for you to actually walk it out yourself. Um, and if you're not, people are going to catch on as well. Um, and if they don't catch on because, you know, you say something dumb on social media, the people that are working on the back end of your business are going to call you out. If you're replacing new people on your team every three months, it's going to be recognized over, over time as well. And so being aware um, of yourself, of your strengths, of your weaknesses, and either bringing in a team that's balancing you, um, or at least being honest to say, hey, this is where I fall short. And so that, that's why I have you here, but not that you're trying to skip a step 
in the process as well. So all, all good insights. Thank you so much. Anything else that you want to add? Well, I was thinking as we were talking earlier about one of the most common mistakes I see, and that is, you know, when I first start working with a business owner, I'll, one of the first things among several items, but one of the first things is really looking at their org chart. And so many entrepreneurs will map out their org chart. And when we're really talking about positioning your comp- your business as a company, that means that they're there is an org chart. Even if your name is the only name in every role, there is an org chart. That's not just the one, you know, role of CEO or the one department that happens to be whatever you're the strongest in. And I tend to find CEOs are, are typically either stronger on the marketing and sales side, or on if they're more service-based on the fulfillment, or I like to refer to it as client success side. And so their org chart looks or appears very heavy on just delivering the service or selling the service. And then it's weak across the board. And by the way, there's no operations department ever. They're like, (laughs) wait, what's operation? And so one of the first things that I just, I would encourage anyone listening to do is to, you know, if you have a business, go ahead and map out your org chart and start thinking about your business in three with these three core functions, of course, leadership, but then three core functions underneath, which I refer to as growth, which is all about marketing and sales, client success, which is the delivery on what you're selling. So that's working with your customers once they become customers. And then operations, which is the back end of everything, systems, tech, project management, HR, legal finance, all of the backbone of the business that really supports the other two. Even again, if your name is in every single role on that org chart, just by starting to think about the business in those core areas, it starts to expand your your mind around all that's going on in this business and what is needed to make this happen. And you start to see just how much you're trying to do alone or with a very small team if you haven't grown your team yet. Yeah, and especially if you have that natural goal of, right, I want to reach 10K months, or now I want to scale to a million or anywhere in between that you are. And there's a lot of milestones in between. I'm not oblivious to that. But recognizing, you know, what's missing, I think, because we don't want anything to happen. We remember contracts, even if we don't have a full-on legal team or department, which completely makes sense. But then that box of contracts, and please don't DIY your contracts, like, please go pay someone. Um, But having that contracts box, having that HR hat on because you're going to bring people into your team. And that's a contract that you need as well. Even if you're hiring contractors, right? I'm not saying that you need to provide health benefits to the people on your team, but recognizing that how you hire them, and you guys know I'll get on a soapbox for this forever, but how you hire them, why you hire them, and hiring the people that are actually going to complement your business. Um, you know, depending on most of us, when we started our quote unquote corporate careers, however many years ago, for us, that was we talked about cultural fit and are you going to fit in this team? Um, and although even in the corporate setting, we now talk about cultural ad, making sure that it's about balancing. And so, like you said, if someone is really, really great on client success and not so great on the marketing, then that's who you need to hire. And you're right. I don't think 
we think about operations the way that we should. Um, and now I'm like, I need to go fix my own stuff that I talk about because I mention systems, but I don't bridge operations in that way. So I'm gonna go fix what I tell my clients now. Um, but really having those proper hats in place. And um, again, whether it's a one person and you're still a solopreneur or as you start to grow, making sure that you're choosing someone to complement your team, not because someone told you to hire a VA, but because they are the balance to what's missing um, of your natural strengths. They are going to help you get to where you need to be. And maybe that's hiring two people in your business on day one. Um, it might be expensive, but it's, I, in my opinion, it's always worth what you're doing if you're choosing the right people um, as the next step. Um, and then also recognize, you know, you might hire the wrong person because you weren't honest with yourself, but don't blame that person. Blame yourself. You guys know I'll call you out on everything. So if it doesn't work out, recognize that you're probably the problem and not the person that you hired, but someone had to tell you. But that's why you can become an effective leader. That's why you can hire Kat or myself to help you along the way um, so that you don't keep making those same mistakes. But I think to remember how it was for you as an employee or as a contractor in your past experiences is what's going to help you be an effective leader and CEO of your business as you grow your team. So all good things um, with that. So what's that one thing, like if they only, if they fast forwarded to this point in the podcast, what is that one message that you want to leave with listeners so that they can really be the CEO and lead properly in their businesses? I think it all comes down to the idea of just don't feel like you have to settle. Don't settle. You can decide what you want and you can have both the business that is scaled and the freedom. You don't have to settle with your team. You can build a team and it's your responsibility to build an incredible team. You don't have to settle with anything in life or business, you can decide to go after more. And I just really want to take the time to encourage people to really think about what they want and then go after it. I love that. Yes. Go make it happen. I say that all the time. So I think that that's great. And to remember to not settle on the, in the process, on that journey um, as well. So thank you so much for sharing everything, your story, as well as your insights with us today. Now, if people want to find you, work with you, pay you, what are all the ways that they can connect with you? Uh, You can visit katherinebinkley.com. And I'm sure the spelling can be found in the show notes because Catherine is not maybe the first way you think about how it's spelled. Um, You can listen into the scale to seven podcast. And if you want to learn more about the framework that I taught, you can register for um, a free training called the scalability factor. And it dives into how to make sure that you've got all of those areas that I mentioned covered and uh, ensure that your business is scalable. Absolutely. Sounds awesome. Um, And if you want to see her awesome sports mom life, you can also follow her on Instagram. And she also drops little nuggets of wisdom while sitting in her car at the practices. So um, I will drop all of those links in the show notes. But Catherine, so much for, thank you so much for hanging out with me this afternoon, um, for sharing all of your insight with us. Um, I cannot wait for us to chat again soon. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thanks for listening to Amplify Ambition. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please take a moment to share it on Instagram or your favorite social media platform and tag me at Coach Keds. I would also love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help other ambitious women listen in and join our community to unlock lasting success. For my entrepreneurs, I want to remind you that there are limited spots each month for VIP strategy days. Inside this intensive, I'm going to show you how to implement a personalized strategy without the cookie cutter tactics so you can achieve your business goals. The reason this works for my clients is because of my unlock method. Many women don't realize that when they learn how to apply the psychology behind their Enneagram type, they're able to confidently take aligned and consistent action. It's time you gain clarity on that next step as you own what makes you unique in this industry. Learn more at keycoach.com slash VIP. Check out the links in the show notes on ways to stay connected with me between episodes. Until next time, dream loudly.